intellectually petty radio on your stereo Don't compare us to anything, this is a different scenario We break records while we pushing the culture forward Great music and big vibes right in that order Intellectually petty radio on the stereo Don't compare us to anything, this is a different scenario We break records while we pushing the culture forward Great music and big vibes right in that order And you are now tuned into another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio. Brought to you by M3S3 Clothing, Men Make Moves and Sucker Stand Still, and Photos by Finn. I am your host, Jobs. Been at this for a minute. How you doing? How's your life? How's your day going? If you're having a bad day, hopefully I can make it a little bit better. And if you're having a good day, hopefully I can make your shit great. Oh, and I, this is one I haven't said in a while, man. I only got one rule. Let's be respectful, you know. We welcome everybody. Um, and I'm waiting on your favorite manager's favorite manager, uh, hands up management. Said Louie is uh my guest for the night, and I'm just waiting on the brother to tap in. And if you have watched the show over the years, uh, you know, multitasking is really not my shtick to keep it a buck. Unless you manage your channel directly from your phone. Apparently, I can do that with Twitch. I'm live on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook currently. Uh, I really just got to Twitch just to say I had a Twitch because I don't fuck with Twitch. I tried to uh, one time play video games on this shit, and it just didn't work. However, in listening to T Grizzly... Apparently, you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, he's already, you know, famous and worldwide known. But this brother is making a mint playing video games on Twitch. So, you know, like if you can, damn, that's a hell of a bag to get. And I'm just uh, tapping into the brother right now. Yo, um, and if you haven't got a chance to go to the YouTube page, that's Intellectually Petty Radio on YouTube, go to the YouTube page and check out the interview. Well, yeah, the interview, I want the conversation I had with uh, Cesar Rio and Chairman Fahim. Um, we talked about Charleston White. We talked about Kanye. We talked about Black Unity. Uh, we talked about a gang of shit. And it was a really, it was my first time having a live uh, interview. Um, I rarely interview more than one person at a time. So that was, you know, that was different, but we really, you know, once I got the nerves out a little bit, once I got, you know, kind of talking, it was a really good conversation. Although I said, keep it a buck, probably 72 times. I didn't specifically count, but it was pretty close. And one thing that was difficult for me was, transferring the mp4 to being able to put it on adobe 
and get it to save. For some reason, my Adobe just kept crashing and kept crashing and kept crashing. So what I eventually had to do, which I probably need to be doing more of anyway, was I cut the interview in half. So right now I got part one up. Um, I do have part two in the can. I'm just kind of waiting a little bit to to let part one do do its thing. And then I'm gonna drop that. Also, man, yesterday I talked to uh, Rose Spit. From Detroit, actually from Pontiac, Michigan. Um, he's got a store in Royal Oak, uh, Michigan. He's got a store also in Detroit, Michigan. And this brother was, well, his store was one of three stores on the planet chosen by Nike to redesign the Jordan 2. And, yo, they went crazy with the redesign. It was really, really, really dope. And not only um, does he, is he an entrepreneur, owns a couple of stores, uh, he's an MC, um, DJ. So that was a really, really, really dope conversation, man. And I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Lately, I've been I've been doing my thing. And without further ado, hands up, management's own your favorite manager's favorite manager. When I say a legend, that's not hyperbole. That's not bullshit. I mean, a legend to legends, and I'm keeping that 1,000%. I ain't saying keep it in the buck no more. Anyway, on that note, man, we got hands up management, so I don't say it, Louie. What's good, bro? What's going on, man? How you doing, man? How's life? How's your Thanks, family? Uh, my family good. Actually, just been running around. My youngest son downstairs right now. We've just been running around all day. Um, man, situation. kids is a beautiful thing, though. Oh yeah, no, kids? it's excellent. You know, it's excellent. Two, two. I got, two? Uh, I got a nine-year-old. He'll be ten in November, um, and I actually have a twenty-one-year-old. <laughs> oh, bro, I got grandkids. I got six grandkids. Oh yeah, no, I ain't got to that yet. Oh, yeah, I, I'm, pro- I'm probably gonna be there. Cool in the next in the next couple of years. I'll probably oh. be there. Maybe the next year. So I have to, to pace my son in. <laughs> 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 Yo, man, it doesn't get better than that, though, man. They are adorable. They absolutely love you, and you get to send them home. Shit's perfect, absolutely. man. <laughs> that's what, my, that's what um, my mom used to tell me. Oh, man, God, man. And and thank me. Thank you, bro. Like, you you are you are Detroit. Like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Come on, bro. You've put it. What is this, like 17, 18 years in the game for you? Yep, going on 18. Yep. Yeah. I saw an interview. Well, I when I tried to Google you, not you know, outside of your 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 personal, you know, shit that you're doing, it's not, you know, you don't do too many interviews. It wasn't too much information. I'm like, why how is this dude making all these moves and nobody is talking about him? Is that intentional? Um I mean, I'm just a low key guy in general. So, I mean, I guess like uh, subconsciously it was intentional. Um, okay. I just was never uh, to my own horn individual. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, I just was bred to do the work. You know what I'm saying? Do the work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you ever sit back and be like, yeah, man, I'm the shit. I've done X, Y, and Z. Never. I mean, I've had my moments recently because, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, uh, I I say this like my my one of my best friends growing up, um and, and my brother I have so I have I have 
five brothers. So my uh my brother that's right over me, he's like, he know, he always been with me and he been through the whole grind with me. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he'll be on my head like, yo, sometimes you gotta just sit back and enjoy what what you're doing and what you've done. Um, I try to do it a little bit more now than I have in mm-hmm. the past. Um, I'll take some time and just like the little small victories, I um I'll enjoy them. But but it's so hard to, right? Because it's like you so far in the future and thinking about the next thing to get done. Like you don't even have time to enjoy what you did already. Cause it's like you did it and then it's like, but it's the next thing to do. The you know what? I, I talked to Rose Spit yesterday and we were talking about being addicted to the hustle. Mm-hmm. And that's like a characteristic of every super successful person. And I'm fairly certain you're addicted to the hustle. Yeah. I, I um it's this clip I seen the 50 Cent. He did this interview, right? And then mm-hmm. uh what he said just re- resonated so much with me because they were asking him like if he wanted to be a billionaire, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, Of course, you know, of course we want to get to that level of success, but he said. Even if he got to that, or when he gets to that level of success, he said it's still gonna be another idea. Like, yeah. so it's it's not about the the money or the financial gain. It's about it's about the execution of the idea. Can I execute yeah. this idea? Can I make this idea that I have in my head become a reality? And then you know the the money is a byproduct of that, but the money's not the focus. It's the it's the can I make this idea a success? Yeah, I feel you on that. All right, so let's go back to the beginning. Um, well, well, not necessarily because I know you you started off. You went to college. You played football. You got hurt. Uh, where'd you go? Which college? I went to Tiffin University. Okay, what, what position did you play? Linebacker. Linebacker. Oh, he was hitting niggas, huh? I feel that. Um, <laughs> you get hurt. You decide I'm gonna be a producer. Then somehow or another, it turns into I'm gonna be a manager. Who was the first person that was like, "Man, I want you to manage me"? Uh, actually, my uh, my homeboy Corey Walker, who's still like one of my good friends to this day. Um, Corey, he played football with me. Um, mm-hmm. and you know we would go back. He's from Canton, Ohio, so we would go back to Canton. His um his brother friends had a studio down there. So, you know, we would go to the studio and we just was learning. You know what I'm saying? I didn't I didn't know anything. I just knew this is what I wanted to do. Um, and we just was sitting there learning. And then we end up, Corey end up, uh, you remember Freestyle Friday on 106 and Park? Absolutely. So Corey end up, Corey end up getting on uh 106 and Park. Uh, on the Freestyle Friday, he did that for like a month, right? Because you know they would tape once a week. Um, right. You know they would because you know it was it's a live it's a live it was a live show, but they like would tape several shows in one day. Okay. Um. So we would go down there. We would go down there on like Wednesday. So by this time, I had dropped out of school. I had dropped out of college, so I had moved back to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um. So what I would do is I would catch the Greyhound from Detroit to Canton, then we would drive from Canton to New York. 
go go film. We would go film, go film, and then drive back to Canton, and I would get back on the bus and come back to Detroit and go back to work. Wow. And how long did you do that? Uh, we did that for a month. We did that for a month. Hmm. And yeah, so, so what happened? What, what came of his career, though? Um, Corey just ended up becoming like a family man, like the the hustle, the the everyday grind of being an artist. Um, mm-hmm. it just wasn't his thing, you know what I'm saying? Like he still loved music. We talked like his daughter's actually doing music now. She's starting to write. Um, she's starting to write music and stuff like that. So me and him talk mm-hmm. a lot about that right now. But like just the everyday grind. It just wasn't for him, you know what I'm saying? But he ended up having a successful year. He got into banking and, you know, like doing mortgages and stuff, and he, like, had a successful career doing that. So um, that's what happened. But one of the other guys that I played football with that kind of was around that same time, um, I got Locke. He um, – Locke, me and Locke kind of, like, went head first into it together. Um, okay. I came back to Detroit. Locke stayed at Tiffin because Locke had like another year at Tiffin. He ended up graduating, actually. He came back to Detroit, and then me and him just like went head first into it. Um, Locke's actually still active in the music industry. Um, He's doing videography now. And then, like, you know, he's like helping with hands up with like some other artists we work with. But he's doing videography. Him Actually, uh, Bodie James just released a video yesterday uh, in Locke. Uh, directed that video. Shout out to Baldy. Uh, man, Baldy is fucking dope, bro. Like, Baldy oh, is just a dope ass nigga, man. <laughs> like, yo, no, I got no, a bull- to no bullshit. No bullshit. That's one of my. Can I cuss on here? Absolutely. Okay. Like, he is literally one of my favorite artists. Like, and I'm not just saying this because that's like my brother. Like, when I heard when I first heard his music, I didn't even know I knew him, right? Mm-hmm. I um I think I heard I heard Concrete Connie was like the first song that I heard. Then you know I started then like so dope all my life and I, I started going back and seeing those videos. But Concrete Connie was like the first video that I seen from him. And I didn't realize that I knew him. Cause me and him mm-hmm. actually used to play basketball against each other in middle school. Like we went to right, like we played for like rival teams and stuff. So like know, we had some very intense games. I went to St. Matthews. Oh damn! Where the hell is that at? It's on the east side. It's closed now. It's on. Um, oh, okay. It was on. Uh, what's that? Uh, Whittier and Harper. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I'm from the west side, bro. Yeah, so, so you know, yeah, yeah. So I I play I played for St. Matthews. He played for St. Juliana. Um, and like we were, that was like our rival school, you know what I'm saying? So we had some very, very intense games. Um, so, but we knew each other and we had a mutual respect for each other, but I didn't know that this was little Moochie that played for St. Juliana. I just, I'm hearing the music. I saw the video, but you know, we hadn't seen each other in so long. I didn't, I didn't really recognize him. And I'm like, and I was really mad. I was so mad at myself. I'm like, who is this person that they say is from Detroit? And he's this dope, and I don't know. So it was my quest to find him. So how long did so you manage? So I end up uh, managing Bodie? Yeah. Or just managing, period? Ma- managing Bodie. 
Uh, me and Bodie start working together in 2011. Wow. So, like, you yep. have we seen... Had, we, I mean, we had we had a couple... I ain't gonna lie. We had a couple years apart. Um, <laughs> we, we had some... Uh, 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 a, a disagreement with each other. And we both kind of stubborn. So we did... We spent... We spent, I say, like, probably like three years not working with each other. But we... In that three years... We end up like getting with each other, sitting down with each other. First of all, we repaired our friendship because it's like that's my that's my brother and my friend before music. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. if we never did no music together, that's still my brother. You know what I'm saying? Like his okay. kids. You know what I'm saying? I'm cool with his kids. He, my kids love him. You know his his mother. I'm real close with his mother and sister. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we like that's really my family for real. Um, so yeah. That's my guy right there. And you know what? You said something interesting um, in the interview I did see. um, That you won't take a client that you don't like. Still true? As a person? Yes. Yes, I won't. I won't. Does does it matter that much? To me? Uh Uh-huh. I mean, I have people where we don't, I have artists where we might not see eye to eye on everything. I mean, we're human, so we're not going to see eye to eye on everything. But if I don't connect with you on some type of personal level, um, it's hard for me to go sell you. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm... selling people you know what i'm saying I, like because then yeah. i have to deal with everything that comes with you too right yeah. so good bad or ugly i got to deal with it um now i mean i'm not necessarily attached to every single thing that a, a artist does because they you know they are their own people but exactly. i do have to deal with it in some form of fashion it do come across my table i i do have to bear the weight of things you do hmm so if if I can't if I'm not connected to you on some type of personal level, then it's it's hard for me to like be me. I feel you on that. So who was your first success story? My first success story. Um, so like I was telling you, me and Locke went we went here first, but that was a, I, I don't think he was my first success, quote unquote. We was uh-huh. kind of just learning the game together. Um, I was doing like, like I said, I was doing internships. Like I, um, I interned at the radio stations here, both of them, uh, okay. the Clear Channel and Radio One stations in Detroit. Um, I interned. I did, well, not interned, but I did street team stuff for like Interscope. Um, it was like Interscope, J Records, Reebok. So I did like street team stuff. Uh-huh. Um. But my uh, so I just met a lot of people along the way, and I, you know, like worked myself into different situations. My first success would probably be Sick Notes on the producers, the multi platinum producers. They produced uh, How Come for D12, uh-huh. uh, they produced Cry Now for Obi Trice. Um, Obi we did stuff for K John, yeah, we did stuff for K John. Uh, we had an artist Mayday that has some success locally. Um, you remember the artist uh, Ray Ray Rashard Morgan? Um, we worked with him. Um, mm. We worked with him early on before he signed the Grand Hustle. Um, mm. So yeah, they were probably that was probably like my first 
like success in the music industry, like as a manager. Mm-hmm. Did you celebrate yeah. or you just kept the grind going? I just kept the grind going. Like I was so young, you know what I'm saying? Like it's like 23, 24 at that time, like about 24. Okay. And so it was like 24. Walk, walk, walk me through your timeline as far as managing this going. Okay, you started out what about 2021? 20, you get successful. Yep. Took you a couple of years to get successful after you put in some street work, um, interning. What happens after that first little wave of success? Who do you move on to next? Um, so like I said, so uh Signals had this artist named Mayday, so I was working with mm-hmm. her. Um, and then Lot. So Lot end up starting uh well Lock and my uh, and my good friend C Dale. So they grew up together. They grew up mm-hmm. together, they knew each other from when they were younger. Um C Dale would start coming around us, you know, Lock would be at the studio with us. Cause when Sick Notes brought me in, they brought Lock in too. They like because Lock was like an extension of me. So they like, we gotcha. bringing you in, we adopted you as family, we adopted him as family. So Lock was around working on music. Uh uh, Cedell, uh was Locke's friend, so he would be coming to the studio. He was doing his own solo music, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we would do is we would go to open mics and stuff, and Locke and Cedell would go perform at these open mics. Okay. Um, and they so what I would do is I'll go to the guy doing the open mics and say, hey, can they perform back-to-back? <laughs> So, it, but it was strategic because I was like, if they perform, because you know, each, each person to get like two two songs or something like that. So I'm like, all right, if they perform back to back, we can make it one like one big set. You know what I'm saying? So whichever one would go first, the other person would hype man for them, and then vice versa. So they would hype man for each other. So it started to become like people was like, and I'm looking at their energy, and people was thinking they was a group. They wasn't a group yet, but. Mm-hmm. They were at moving as a group. So one day, me and my partner Wit, who was one of the producers from Signals, we sitting in the back one day, and we like, yo, they should just be a duo. That's how we should sell them. Um, we came to them with the idea. Obviously, they went with it. Um, and it actually moved pretty fast for real. Uh-huh. They um they did a mixtape, then we went down to uh we went down to South by Southwest. Uh, we went down to South by Southwest, and then um, I end up linking them up with uh, my man Johnny Shipes, who runs Cinematic Music Group. Um, I had linked with him on some. I'm skipping around a lot because it's a lot of shit okay. that happened. But me and Johnny Shipes had met each other huh? through. Yeah, me and Johnny Shipes. Me and Johnny Shipes met through my work. I was working with Nuvo with MC Search and Nuvo, so okay. I had did some work. I had did some work with Crit with Nuvo. So I had established a relationship with them. So me and DRG go to South by Southwest. Shipes and Crit and Smoke Diz and all them come down to South by Southwest. We all end up staying in the same hotel. Mm-hmm. So we stayed in the same hotel, same floor. It, man, we smoked that hotel out. It was crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, Long story short, Sipes end up. I was playing Sipes the guy's music. He liked the guy's music. Uh, Critting him like the guy's music. 
So we get back to the hotel one day from one of the shows and Shipes have us come down to his hotel room and he just started going through beats on his computer. Oh. So, cause you know, Big Crit is a producer. So he's uh-huh. going through all these beats that Crit made and we picked out, he's like, yo, tell me the ones y'all like. So we go through, we pick out like the ones that we like. He said, all right, cool. He's like, y'all can just have them. He's like, this is our gift from, from Crit. Y'all can just have these beats. That's so he dope. just gave us like 10, he just gave us like 10 beats from Big Crit. So I'm like, damn, you know, this is when, you know, this is the blog area, you know, Crit on fire, because this is when he first came out. Oh uh, you know, God. this is uh right after the Crit was here. And I think he was working on the second project at that time. So Crit, you know, Crit was like on fire at that time. So he just gave us the beats. So we're like, damn, okay. Back home with these beats. Uh I think we end up making songs of like maybe like five of those beats. We didn't use mm-hmm. all of them. We made songs of like five of those beats. Uh, one of them being the song called Close Your Eyes that we actually put out. Um, so we made this Close Your Eyes song. So I'm getting to show you how I got with Bodie. So we made the Close Your Eyes songs. Like I said, they came across the Bodie music. Uh, me and C-Dale talking about Bodie because, you know, we both was like fans. Like, yo, this nigga dope. Mm-hmm. So I heard when we made the Close Your Eyes song, I'm like, I looked at C-Dale, I was like, yo, we need to put Bodie on this song. And he like, all right, bet. So like I said, I end up tracking Bodie down through uh, Mike Wax from Ill Roots. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I need to get in touch with this dude. So Mike Wax, you know, I knew Mike Wax from being down at South by Southwest and stuff uh, for a few years. So he ended up introducing, he ended up getting me in touch with Bodie. And then I ended up pulling up on Bodie and Bodie came to the studio with me. And we and we kicked it, you know what I'm saying? We kicked it the whole day. Um, this was actually the day his first mixtape, uh, Trapper's Alley, came out. We was together the whole day that tape came out. Um, we sat in the studio, we kicked it. Yeah, nah, it was incredible. So we sit in the studio, we kicking it all day. You know, we in there, you know, we smoking, drinking, chilling, signals in the other room, making beats. They was, they was in a beat session making some beats. So we waiting mm-hmm. on them to get done so we can go in there and record. Um, yeah, Bodie end up jumping. Bodie end up jumping on the song, laying a verse on the song, uh, and then I end up putting the song out. And the song did really good. Like all the big blogs picked it up. Um, okay. And it, you know, it was it was a it was a real jump start for what we had going on. So long story short, the guys end up going to jail. Oh. Um, yeah, they end up going to jail shortly after this. Um, I was heartbroken. I damn near was ready to quit managing. I ain't gonna lie. I was ready to quit managing. I'm like, maybe I need just need to do something else. Like I was devastated, right? Uh-huh. Um, so I was just kind of just chilling, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, talking to everybody, you know, everybody trying to keep my spirits high. And then one day, uh Bodie called me and he just basically like, yo, you know, my you know, my mixtape out is 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 doing good is getting this crazy buzz he said um i don't got no manager you don't got no client right now <laughs> he said he said we need each other <laughs> no but he was being real because you know he was real close he was real close with the guys too so he saw what yeah. we were doing you know yeah. he saw what we was working on and what we were building so he's just like yo let's just let's just do it together you know what i'm saying and I'm like, all right, bet. You know what I'm saying? And then me and him just hit the ground running. Um, we did uh 
Ma Dukes and them was working on this uh Rebirth of Detroit project that uh they put out this Jay Dilla project they put out called Rebirth mm-hmm. of Detroit. So Bodie had did a verse on there with him and Chuck English had did a song on there. So while we were at the studio, this was my first time meeting Chuck English in person. That's mm-hmm. Bodie cousin. That's his blood cousin. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's you know, not, you know, the, me and Chuck chopping the groupies in. The cool kid. The cool that's kid. That's it. Yeah, I couldn't think of it. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so Chuck, you know what I'm saying? So Chuck just pulled me to the side. He said, yo, the alchemist wants to wants to work with Bodie. Y'all need to get to LA ASAP. Because Bodie had met Alchemist at South by Southwest earlier that year. Okay. So, you know, Chuck had moved to LA. Chuck had moved to LA already. So he was working at Al's studio a lot. And he was like, yo, Al wants to work with Bodie. Y'all need to get out to LA. Uh get out there ASAP. So you know, me and Bodie talk. I'm like, yo, Chuck said we need to get to LA like ASAP. He's like, all right. So he called me. He called me a couple of days later. He's like, shit, I bought my flight. I'm like, all right, bet I'm about to buy my flight. So we okay. we fly out to LA. We fly out to LA. Um, we get there. We go to out. Al- we go to Alchemist. We go to Alchemist. Uh, uh, Action Bronson is in there. Um, him and Alchemist working. They're finishing up. The project Rare Chandeliers. So they were they were finishing that project up. And I think Action just Action was done for the night. He left to go get something to eat and go to his hotel or whatever. Whether he went to go off to do whatever he was doing for the night. He was done recording. Mm-hmm. So we sitting in there. So Al say, Hey, you know, Al come in there, kick it with us. He said, Uh, all right, I'm gonna pull up a beat. So he pulled up a beat and he said, he asked Bodie if he like it. Bodie like, yeah, I fuck with it. He's like, All right, cool, right to it. Now, what people don't know is I I I used to engineer too. Okay. Um, so I know how to engineer. So Al leave us in the studio, Bodie right to the song, and me and him record the song. Um, Al come in there, he's like, Yeah, I like it. So then me and Bodie dip, we go back. You know, I I Bodie was staying with one of our homeboys, uh Ken Kohler. Ken Kohler mm-hmm. was living out of L.A. at the time. So Buddy mm-hmm. stayed at Ken's house. Now, Ken didn't know me. <laughs> I love okay. Ken to death. Ken didn't know me. So Ken wasn't going to let me stay at his house because he didn't know me. <laughs> so I, well, that's Ken. You know what I'm saying? Ken, cool as shit. You know what I'm saying? Ken, that, you know, that's my guy now. But he didn't know me. So he wasn't comfortable with me staying there. So I ended up getting a hotel room or whatever. So they dropped me off at the hotel. They go back to Ken's house. So then the next day, they come pick me up from the hotel. We go back to Alchemist Studio. So we come back in there. Uh, uh, Al and Action Brown listening to the song Bodie did the night before, mm-hmm. and they all love it. Like, like, yo, this shit is crazy or whatever. So Action told Bodie, like, yo, let's do a song. So Al pull up a beat. Action and Bronson, uh, Bodie and Action Bronson do a song. Uh, then I think the next day we did like two more songs. Um, did we? I end up leave. I think I left the day a day before Bodie. Bodie stayed, and then he did like another two songs. So now it's like six songs. Huh, wow. So now Al like, yeah. So now Al like, uh, then we got these songs. We should do a project. We should just do a whole project. So me and Bodie like, all right, cool. So um, me and Al talk. Al, I'm like, yo, uh, you know, who should we put it out through? And I was like, I, you know, I got somebody. So he ended up introducing us to a guy named Pete, Peter uh, Benton, uh, uh, 
hell, what's Peter's last name? Uh, Peter from Mass Appeal. Okay. So he introduces the Peter from Mass Appeal. Bentonbender. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Peter. sorry. Peter Bentonbender. So he introduces the Peter Bentonbender. He like, yo, you know, there's something we working on or whatever. Uh, let me know what's up. So Peter heard the songs. It was like, cool, let's do a deal. So we end up doing it. It was Decon Records at the time. It wasn't Mass Appeal just yet. It was still Decon. Mm. So we do a deal with Decon for the Alchemist Project. And then and then we did an EP. We did this EP called Grand Quarters. But Grand Quarters, we put like one new song on there. But Grand Quarters really wasn't nothing but like a few of Bodie's songs that were on his some of his mixtapes. Like some okay. of his best songs from his previous mixtapes. And we just put it on. We put the best songs on the EP, called it Grand Quarters, and put that out. And then maybe like seven or eight months later, we put out my first chemistry set. Fire um, project too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I fucked up my first chemistry and, set. Uh, um, tea in China too. Oh my God, the tea in China is just Oh man, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, God, my, that's I, right there. So I'm going to say this. Sig, Signal, Signals was definitely a big thing, but I think uh, me with an artist, uh, me and what me and Bodie accomplished, that was probably at that moment, probably the most success I had. It was like it solidified because you know, me and Bodie have both been doing groundwork individually, but when we yeah. came together, like our when we put our resources together, it was like it was just like this well oiled machine, and yeah. like we made we made we made an impact. Yeah, you absolutely did. Still, you're still making an impact. Okay, so you did you, you did A and R shit. Are you still an A and R for Searchlight Publisher? Um, not really. I mean, we're so okay. So Searchlight still is, is in existence, but it's like we kind of just working with the writers that we had. We haven't like actively tried to sign on new writers. Okay. Um, so I mean, we still have we still have the artist like Bodie's actually signed uh, to Searchlight. Um, it's another songwriter, Ashley Rose. Um, I have this other writer, Kent Kevo Hendrick. So those are like the writers that were signed that we signed during that time. Um, and you know we doing that. So you know, they, and all of them are pretty still active. You know, mm-hmm. obviously Bodie's very active now. Um, Ashley. Um, I think the biggest song Ashley had. She wrote a record. She had two. She had two really big records. She had a record called Pieces that was on Tamar Braxton' uh, okay. first album, and then she had another record, Don't Kill the Fun, that was Seven Streeter and Chris Brown. So that okay. was like probably like her two biggest. Those like the two biggest records she wrote to date. You know what I'm saying? But she got a plethora of other stuff that she's written um, that's been successful. But those probably like her two most su- commercially successful records. So. You 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 manage the producer of this generation thus far, like and I'm and I'm that, that I'm not bullshit. Like Helleva is like here, and the rest of everybody is trying to catch up to that nigga. At what point do you like? How, how did you meet I Helleva? Mean, At what point did you like this nigga's got something? Um. Um. Me. And Helleva. I met Helleva originally in 2006. Um, 
because with Stretch Money first, it's for Stretch Money album, Take Money to Make Money. So, um, Hell of a produced half the album and Signals produced half the album. So, I met him then. That's when I first met him. Um, mm. Me was cool. I wouldn't say we was tight, but, you know, we, we knew each other through passing. Um, But we have a, a close mutual friend. We have a close mutual friend. Uh, Mike, uh, dude, Mike Lit. So that's one of me and Hellivers. Like, he he's like him and Hell like brothers. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And then me, and Mike got real cool. I met Mike through Search. Um, and then me and Mike just got real tight on our own. Me and Mike developed our own relationship. Uh-huh. Um, with all, you know, when I was moving around, I was doing something. He'd be like, "Hey, you know, think about Hell of a if you're doing something." I'm like, "All right, cool. You know, quite Hell of a. You know what I'm saying?" So. Helliver had moved to Atlanta at one point, so I know Mike would be like, "Yo, if you know something going on down there, just let us know, or whatever." So it's cool. Mm-hmm. I let you know, let them know. I end up now. Me and Helliver started really, really working together, like and communicating a lot. When I started working with Nisha Nache, um, I was and I was A&R for Nisha through uh, Federation Music Group, and you know Helliver was obviously producing a lot of music for her, so me and him had to oh. deal with each other a lot. the closer relationship around that time so then a little after that is when he did first day out <sighs> so he did first obviously you know the six the massive success that song had Crazy. Um, a little bit after that came out yeah a little bit after um uh, big sean actually offered a hell of a publishing deal um so Mike came to me and was like, yo, you know, offering a hell of a deal. Um, he said, I would like if you would help us, like, negotiate the deal. Okay. So I'm like, all right, cool. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we looked at the deal. I ended up linking up with uh, – Mike had linked me with one of his good friends that he had that always told him he would work with hell of a – his attorney named Mike, uh, Matt Greenberg. Um, okay. So Matt – me and Matt talked. We looked at the deal, you know, we made our we made our counter offer or whatever, and we was kind of going back and forth. So in doing that, I'm like, okay, let me reach out to other people that I know that I have relationships with. So I started reaching out to other publishers that I had relationships with. Um, end up reaching out to uh my guy Ryan Press. Ryan Press ended up flying us out to LA. We sat with Ryan. Ryan was like, you know, he really <laughs> believed in it. And he like, yo, I want to do a deal. So we're like, all right, you know, I'm always uh, sending paperwork. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could talk. But Ryan, you know, Ryan, they sent the paperwork over. We negotiated the deal. And then we end up signing with Warner Chapel. Uh. So once we once we end up doing so, once we end up doing that now in this time, the arrangement was, yo, help me get this publishing deal. So. I'm like, all right, cool. But then after we did that, he was like, yo, you might as well just be my manager. You know what I'm saying? And then we just kind of took off from there. And take off is an understatement. Like, like did, his impact is, is unpaired. Like, there's two things for me, like, really with the whole Detroit wave. Uh, no Fly Zone by Trick Trick. I think inadvertently, well, I won't say inadvertently. Yeah. I think that had a really huge impact on the whole Detroit movement 
being solidified. And and I don't know if that was his intention or not, but I think that was definitely a byproduct of the, of the no-fly zone. And hell of a, like, and I'm not discounting anybody else. Like, I, and, and my favorite MC, I, I say it a million times, is Big Hurt. But the hell of a sound, it gave Detroit a sound. And when a city has a sound, that's when the city takes off. And man, yo, you, you, what y'all have done, dog, is just is just legendary shit. It just it will never be forgotten. And for that, I personally want to say thank you. On I mean, but I mean, listen, I, I I can't take credit for that. Like hell of a hell of a been doing that, man. Hell of a been hell of a that's been the sound from the beginning, right? And I think that's the thing when you look at the success that the artists from Detroit are having right now, um, they never strayed from the sound, right? They yeah. they believed in the sound. Now, now, now the so- sound has evolved and gotten better. Yeah. But it's the, it's still the same core thing that has always been. Um, and I think Vezo said this in the interview. They just they never changed, right? They never changed because when people said it wouldn't work and it's just local and this will never work on a national level. Like these are the things that we heard, right? Like yeah. it would even be to the point where when I would be, you know, I had solidified myself going to New York or going to these other places and having relationships, right? And they would listen mm-hmm. to what I had to say, but it would even be times when they would be like, yo, say bring us something other than something from Detroit. And we just, I just never, I didn't, I, it was so much talent in Detroit. It's like, why would I do that? You know what I'm saying? It's so much talent here. Why would I go anywhere else at this moment? You know what I'm saying? At that moment in time, why would I go anywhere else when it's so much undiscovered yes. things here? Like these, yes. these jewels are here. Why would I go anywhere else? Um, And it's funny now, me and, me and Chanel was just talking about this the other day. It's like now you can't people can't stay off my phone trying to get in touch with somebody from Detroit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now it's yo, do you know such and such? Do you know such and such? Yes, I know such and such. I know it. I, and if I don't know him, I can get to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, but they like everybody is so locked in on Detroit now. I mean, I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. happy. It's like I don't. You can't hold any resentment. You know what I'm saying? T, I learned that from T-Pain, right? Uh, we were sitting on the bus with T-Pain. I think, we, were we in Florida? Yeah, we were in Florida. I'm sitting on the bus because T-Pain was one of the big uh, sponsors. He was like one of the big faces of Nuvo. So, you know, I had went, we was at, went, he had a show. We went sitting on the bus, chilling with him because uh, we had took him some Nuvo or whatever. And actually, no, he didn't tell me that then. We did an inter- me and Search did an interview with him, and he talked about it in the interview. He was just talking about like all these people that shitted on him when he was coming up, and he didn't ever hold it against them, right? He just understood that these people weren't his friends; they were business associates, and he treated them as such. But he couldn't hold a, a grudge against them because they needed each other to be successful. Just like they need me and my talent, I need what they do to be successful. So it's the same thing in this. is like understanding who is who and what is what and understanding how to gauge a relationship, right? Because everybody's not your friend. 
So you can't oh. hold people to the standard of being your friend. People are these people we do business with. So sometimes they might do that's whole a shit. Has you know too, by the way, too. Like that shit hurts to learn. You said what? Like, I, that's a crushing lesson to learn. Like, like when yeah, you first yeah, get no, it is, but you, you know, I, I, I earned it. I, I learned that early though. So, you know what I'm saying? I ain't really, I don't think I never really went through. I haven't really went through that heartbreak because I learned that that's a lesson I learned real early. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I have been fortunate. I've been fortunate enough that the people who are really close to me and uh-huh. early on in my career, such as search search as my man mark hicks uh such as lenny s like these people are really my friends for real you know they are Mm -hmm. my friends and they help me through that they never help navigate through all the bullshit you know what i'm saying yeah we navigate through all the bullshit and they put me in in position to be to to kick off and be successful you know what i'm saying like i know Anytime I talk to any of them, you know, and I and I and I give them their flowers, and they always like, well, said you did the work, you know what I'm saying? But they helped, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They didn't know me from a can of paint. They just <laughs> they just saw something in me that I probably didn't even see in myself yet. You know what I'm saying? They saw yeah. something in me and they went out on a limb and they like really like introduced me to a lot of stuff and taught me a lot of stuff that has helped me to go on to be successful. So let me ask you this. When are you going to start managing a podcast? I mean, I'm just selfishly asking, you know, I'm just asking. <laughs> it's the no, next wave, no, though. You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? I be getting all kind of uh, management inquiries now, like um, is personalities, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, directors, uh, all you know, just stuff like there's not even like artists like it's like yo and it's crazy it's crazy to me like it'd be surreal sometimes man like i think now i've really just started to like i guess now put my face out there and Mm -hmm. it wasn't even me it was more so my clients it was like hell of a nisha like you know uh kevo like just these people i'm working with now that uh, even even Bodie, even Bodie be on me now, you know, about like, yo, like people got to know who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they be on me and they promote me and that, you know, they tell people about me. Um, So I kind of been trying to make a, a, a effort to be more vocal and be more present and, and tell my story more because, um, you know, I guess it, it helps. You know what I'm saying? Like I've been doing my... Uh, my consultant i've been doing my consulting stuff right uh-huh. um and that's something that i started i didn't even want to do that one of my uh, um i have a partner we have a cheesecake company together so my uh my partner courtney one oh, day we were sitting at her house sorry, sorry, sorry you said a cheesecake company yes how do i get a cheese for the love of cheesecake i mean you got to come to All detroit right. we're not shipping just yet we will be soon but when you come I'll to detroit there. It's I'll be there a week from just tomorrow. Just hit me up. I'll be there a week oh, from tomorrow. I'll get, <laughs> hit me up. Hit me up when we get up here, and I'll get it together so you can put your order in. You got to give me a, a way to hit you up. <laughs> I'm going to send you my number. I'll send you my number. All right, bet. All right, my bad for interrupting, but I'm fucking yeah, greedy. 
<laughs> no, 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 you good. You good. So, go, go ahead. so anyway, we were sitting. So we we sitting in our house. We sitting in our house. Uh, and my phone was just going crazy one day, and she just looking at me, and she's like, "Yo, all, you all these people calling you, asking you all these questions." She's like, "You should be charging people for that." And I looked at her like charging people for that because you know. To me, it, it's nothing, right? It's like mm -hmm. I've I spent all these years acquiring this knowledge, right? Reading books, just you know, traveling, doing all this stuff. So I spent all this time acquiring this knowledge. So it's like when you acquire all this knowledge, it's like it's like a person who could shoot a jumper. It's like it's nothing to them. It's like effortless, right? Yeah. So I'm not I wasn't looking at it. I wasn't looking at it from that perspective of oh, this is so valuable. You know what I'm saying? Which it is. It is valuable. Absolutely. Um so when she said it, it kind of got my wheels turning. I you know, it's a lot of people who charge people for things, but then don't really do those things for them. Or yes. you know, they hustling these artists, they hustling these artists out their money because you yes. know, people so gun ho to try to be successful so they'll pay anybody who looks like or sounds like they can give them something right yes. so i i never wanted to i never wanted to be that um so i just had to find a way for it to make sense and when i really sat back and thought about it is what i do is education right so mm -hmm. we pay for education. True. Education, you know, knowledge is knowledge is valuable. Knowledge is power. Absolutely. So that's how I figured out. That's how I figured I wanted to position it. Was I'm going to educate people? Because just because I think something is simple, it's a lot of people who don't know the simplest things. From what's the difference between a manager and a label? People don't know that. You would think they do. They don't. They don't know about BMI, ASCAP. They don't know what it is to sign up to be a writer. They don't know what a pu what publishing is. They don't. They don't know these things. They don't know about distribution, and they don't know certain marketing strategies. There's the or or the tools available to them to do things. Yeah. Um, they don't know about merchandising. Like they don't know about a lot of these things, right? That would seem simple, but they're not. So I was like, okay, cool. I, I'm, I'll start charging to educate people. You know what I'm saying? So, so basically what I do in the sessions is everybody's in a different space of knowledge. So okay. I kind of just, when we talk, I give them, what are you doing? Where are you at? What do you know? And then they'll tell me the things they know or don't know. And then I'll, and then we'll go from there. And then it just turns into like this, it just turns into a conversation. Um, and but what encouraged me to keep doing it is watching the people that come to me and watching them apply the things that we talked about. Mm. So that became that became like fulfilling to me. Um, yeah. and it's really dope to watch them apply the knowledge, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then okay. and then some of these people that and I've developed relationships with some of these people, right? Because, like, we'll do these consult, and then and then you, a lot of the people who do come to me because they are paying, 
they are actually serious about their craft. You know what I'm saying? In yeah. some form of fashion. So yes. most of them do keep going. Most of them, like it'd be a simple thing that I said to them. and Oh my God. And then it opens it. And then, you know, it motivates them and they keep going. I'll bump into them later and see like, oh damn, okay, you're doing that. Some that of them work. come back. Some of them be like, all right, I need to know something else. They'll set up another session, come sit with me and we'll talk. You know what I'm saying? Some people have actually gone on to actually create business relationships with on different things. You know what I'm saying? So it's been it's been dope. It's been really dope. So and I, look, look, look up Wallow and Gilly and they deal. And you'll think uh-huh. differently about managing a podcast. No, I got it. No, I actually, uh, no, I, yeah, no, I know. Wallow, I actually got to kick it with Wallow. Me and Hell of a kicked it with Wallow when he was out here for the uh, YouTube's Avenue thing. Um, you know, I saw they the definitely, footage. they definitely, uh, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's a lucrative thing. It's a lucrative thing. I'm going to figure it out. Like, I've just been expanding, right? I've been, um, I've added a couple people onto the staff. Um, mm-hmm. Because for so long, hands up, it was me, right? It was just me. Um, and it'd be funny when people know the name, but they didn't know me. So then yeah. they're like, oh, you hands up? <laughs> but hands <laughs> up is a company. You know, hands up is a company. You know what I'm saying? Like, Cedric Louis is an individual. Hands up is a company. So I've been I've been in the space of expanding the company now. So, you know, I'm adding people onto the staff to do certain things. Um, other managers, you know what I'm saying, to be able to, because like my, I can do multiple things, like my brain can do multiple things, but I've realized like I can't physically be everywhere. So yeah, there's a limit. If bro. I can have, yeah, so if I can have people that can physically be in all these in these different places in these different arenas, I can I can come up with the I can come up with the ideas. Yeah. I can come up with the the plan. Um, I can quarterback it. I just need the uh, the foot the 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 people to help me do it. So that's that's yeah. what I've been focused on. Yo, so if people do want to get the consultations or they want to reach out to you, um, how do they go about doing that? Um, they can hit me on my Instagram. Like I I, I check the, uh, the hands up MGMT uh, hands with a Z. So H A N D Z U P M G M T hands up management. Um, they could just, re- they could reach me on there. I got, you know, my emails on there. They could DM. Like I check my DM. I, I you know, I try to, I try to check my DM mm-hmm. regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it do get a little overwhelming sometimes. I ain't gonna lie, but, um, I try my best to kind of go through it and it's all in your approach too. Right. Cause it's, it's people who it's all kind of people that just, Yo, I need a manager. It's like, what? Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not replying to that. <laughs> but then there are people who come, you know what I'm saying? But there are people who come on there and their approach and their what they say uh, catch my attention. And then I'll reach back yeah. out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it is all put it is and all um, for those people out there. If you're gonna DM him, put your effort first. What have you done to facilitate your own success? Lead with that. Just my two cents. Yes. Oh, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this too, right? For any artist, 
the success stops and starts with the artist. If the, if you are not if you are not putting the effort, if you are not your biggest cheerleader, if you are not working harder than you should be, nobody on your team should work harder than you. Everybody should be trying to keep up with you. Facts. Yes. So Agreed. that's that's another thing for me, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Besides, like having a personal connection, pretty much all the artists that I work with now, I am catching up to them they always mm. yo i'm doing this i'm moving here i'm doing like they are always thinking of ways to expand their brand so we have conversation and it's like okay cool that's dope you know what i'm saying since now we harness the the energy you created and then we can create other opportunities off of that but all of the energy starts with them let me ask you one question contractually what's a no for you when you get the contract for one of your artists what's just a hell no a hell no yes uh a hell no (laughs) i I don't know because it's various things you know what i'm saying like i don't know if i ever had a well i don't know because i mean like it's the terms right the terms are always more the terms are more important than the money Cause you can have a bunch of money in the deal, but if the terms are shitty, that money don't mean nothing. So okay. it's always about it's always about creating the best terms, but it's also about the place that that artist is at, right? So yeah. there's some deals you can negotiate for one artist that you can't negotiate for another artist, depending on the place where they're at, and then depending on the needs that that artist has. So I don't really think it's a hell no. I think you just negotiate what you what you're looking for for that particular person. Okay. Um, and for the record, I, I live but in anything, Cleveland. anything, anything, but I will say for producers and whatever, anything mm-hmm. where they're trying to uh just buy out all your rights, that's a hell no. I say that that's a hell no. Cause you'll see these deals where they want the producer to just they'll give them a couple of dollars and they won't order publishing, they don't want to give them no royalties, no yeah, that's a hell no for sure. Wow, that's so they that's really trying that, huh? No, people, yeah, people try that all the time. Oh fuck! Yeah, get 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 you an attorney. No, get it, you it happens. It happens more often. Than, it it happens more often than you think. I think now maybe a little less because people are more educated on on what's going on and their rights and what they should and should not be asking for. But it mm-hmm. happens because people, like I said, some people don't know no better and they just they just see this they see this opportunity in front of them. They they see what. They feel like a success, but it's like, nah, that ain't it. You know what I'm saying? And I would never yeah. do that. Like, even I've been even, I've even been with clients, right? That that pay me to consult them, like, cause I I do have like people who just put me on monthly retainers that call me to ask questions whenever they feel like it. You know what I'm saying? Really? Um, yeah. And That's pretty dope. I. And I I I I have to educate them because they'll feel like oh I should do this and they're like nah that ain't how you do that you know what I'm saying and sometimes the producers will be willing to go for it and it's like that well they'll do it but it's like all right they'll do it but what happens when they grow a brain then they're gonna resent you Man, so I always think about the long term yes yeah, so I always think about the long term I think about the long term of 
do right by this person because then in the long term, this person is going to fuck with you more. This person, is, you're going to get more out of this person if you do right by them versus trying to do them wrong on some short term shit. Like, yeah. then you end up falling out with this person. Then, then you know what I'm saying? You can end up in court with this person. You're going through all this bullshit with this person on some short term shit when all you had to do is really keep it real with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, this is how we going to do. Not even if you don't give them a bunch of money, you know what I'm saying? Just give them, uh-huh. do, do right by them and give them the fair yes. thing because if, because if this, if whatever work you did turns into a success, then they're able to benefit from the fruits of their labor. Yeah. Last thing you want is somebody to sell 10 million albums and get $10. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be, oh for my sure. God. Yeah. The anger, um, yo, and just for the record, I do live in Cleveland. I know Bodie will be here this weekend if the brother needs anything. I'll be, there, I'll be there. I'll be there. We'll be there Saturday. We'll be there. Was it Saturday? Yeah, we'll be there Saturday. You coming out oh, to the show? Um, I hadn't planned yeah, on be it because I got work. But if you're gonna be here, bro, okay. like I wasn't understanding. Like it's fucking Bodie, bro. It's no way I was gonna get. Like even though I have interviewed the brother, um, I don't think he'd be like, yeah, yeah nigga, come to my show. You know, uh, yeah, you're no, gonna be out. here. Him, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm gonna send you. My, I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send you my number and all that. Yeah, come on to the show. I'm see, see, motherfuckers get on the show and lie, bro. Don't be one of those people, man. No, I'm not. Have we lied? You, <laughs> y'all reached out to me. You reached out to me on DM. We've been kicking it the whole time. I've been no, you've been a real dude. Yes, yes, you have. Yes, yeah. you have, man. And I, I appreciate that, man. Um, I've been doing this for a long time. And yeah, initially, like I used to be like, oh my God, so and so, we cool. And no, we we wasn't cool. It was just an interview. It took me a minute because I'm I'm an emotional creature. It's just me. (laughs) And it took me a minute to kind of get past that January 30th. See a Aquarius. Aquarius. Okay. Yeah. You know, so like we, we can be assholes, but we're emotional too. You know, so yeah. I was like, yo, yo, I interviewed so-and-so, like, we'll, we'll, yeah, 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 yeah. I text him, like, hey, you know, if there's anything you need, you know, because I'm one of those follow-up type of people. If you need something, like, yeah, it may yeah, not no, be for much. Sure, for sure. No, I mean, like I said, some people, I mean, everybody's different. Like, I mean, yeah. see what I learned? Yeah. That's another one of my qualities, right? I know how to adapt to the people that I'm dealing with, right? I don't treat every situation the exact same, like, yeah. Um, I deal with people according to who they are. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you on that. Um, and I'm not gonna hold you up too long, bro. Yeah, but definitely, um, yeah, I'll see you this weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'll come down there. You know, I'll be a little sure. tired Sunday. I'll make it up Monday. It will be all right. Um, all right, for sure. Um, and, and the grog shop is a really, really dope spot to be at, too. Yeah, no, no. We didn't perform, me and Bodie, we didn't, we didn't perform at that venue of, twice. Okay. Maybe even three times. Yeah. So I yeah, we've been the there a couple so. times. So yeah, no, nah, I'm I'm from I'm familiar with I'm familiar with the venue. Yeah, I mean, I'm at this point now, I didn't yeah. moved around. I didn't moved around the country so many times. So it was like, you start to yeah. be like, damn, like I was just here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my god, yo, wait, 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 before one thing before we I let you go. Um, craziest experience in the studio. Craziest, like in terms of creation or just period. 
Just period. Like the wildest shit. Like I give you, I interviewed uh, uh, Mikey Eckstein about a month ago. And that's crazy. You know, Mikey just Mikey just called me literally right before I jumped on this. I <laughs> got my, my guy, and this my my, my Troy Muhammad is like like such a, a beautiful person. Like that's my guy. He calls me up. He's like, I got I, you know, let's we gonna go to this Rakim show. I drive from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. If Troy calls me, I'm there. I drive from Cleveland. We go to this yeah. Rakim show. Um fucking beautiful ass show Rakim I mean, I mean I'm sorry not Rakim but Scarface went to Rakim too but Scar- yeah. this was a Scarface show Scarface is fucking phenomenal man anyway end up meeting Mikey end up interviewing him and he tells me the story about Axl Rose and Tommy Hilfiger getting into a fist fight <laughs> that's funny yeah it's fucking my crazy I ain't gonna lie I ain't even gonna lie I can't even I can't even tell you, like, not on air. I can't tell you my craziest studio. It's been some crazy <laughs> shit. Like, I can't even. I can't even talk about it. You know what I'm saying? For real, I ain't gonna lie to you. I can't even talk about it. It'd be some wild. Just, it was just some wild shit the other day. Like literally, me and Hellova was in the studio. We had a, it was an artist in there, and some wild shit happened, and we just looking like, what the fuck? Like, well, you know, yeah, I can't talk about that on air. Yo, I didn't know that nigga rapped, man, until I seen uh, in the field. He did uh, what? He been rapping. I, he was he was he was a rapper. That's what I that's what I you know. I'm old, bro. Give me a break. I didn't know the nigga rapped. Go listen. And go man. listen. So listen, you can listen to May West. Listen to May West album. Okay. Uh, it's another dope song. He was on Wine on Street Laura Wine. It's a song with him, Street Laura Wine, uh, Stretch Money, Filthy Rockwell, and Royce the Five Nine. I sent it to you. Ellie was rapping on that song. Oh, uh, Ellie had a solo CD called uh, uh, "Hell Froze Over." Um, that's on stream. That's on the streaming platforms. Yeah, no, hell of a career. He, it's a Sada song. I'm, a, I'm gonna send it to you. It's a that's Sada a wild song. Nigga right Ellie was rapping Sada on. A wild ass nigga. Yeah, it's it's a Sada song that Ellie was rapping on. Sada did the video. Hell of a wasn't in the video, but Sada did a video for the song. Um, I mean, Helly man, but some of your some of your favorite songs was wrote by Hell of a. I would not doubt that. I would not. Yeah, doubt like Hell of a Hell of a Hell of a pin game is crazy. Like you know, we always everybody that's around them, we always pressure them. Like yo, you need to rap. Like I told him, like we got an album. He has an album coming out uh, called Hell of a Life. We put it out uh, through Atlantic. Um, you know, he's going to be mostly, it's going to be songs that he produced or whatever, but I told him, mm-hmm. like, you got to rap on at least one of these songs. Like, please, just one. Like, he's I like, I ain't like trying to be it. no rapper. I say, that's cool. You don't, you don't have to be a rapper, but I need you to rap on one of these songs. Just one. So, I'm working Stop on that. That's, fighting your greatness, I, however. I, harass, I, I think I harass him every other day about that. Man, if you, if you happen to listen to this, stop fighting your greatness, bro. Like, you got flow. Not everybody gets no, that. No, he know he, he know he dope, man. That ain't even the question. He just, you know, hell of a, Good bullshit, a humble man. individual, man. He's That's just a humble individual. He enjoy, he enjoy making the records. That's what he enjoyed the most. You know what I'm saying? Being being an artist is not that's not a a, a hunger of his. He yeah. he enjoys the process of he enjoys the process of making the song and. 
producing the song because he's really because there's a difference between uh a beat maker yeah, and, and a, a person who produces yeah. like hell of a really produces records right now there's some records where he just get people to beats or whatever but a lot of them songs he's he's present for the creation or he's involved mm -hmm. even if he's not there in the studio he's talking to the artist he's calling the artist like yo uh you should maybe change this line or that line you should do this this would be dope if you did it like this you know what i'm saying so he's yeah. very much involved in the creative process and i think that's what that's what makes him him and then he's very intentional even with the beats that he gives an artist he's very intentional with the beats it's it's a yeah. It's a thought process to even why yeah, he picked to play this beat for this artist. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. he, yeah. he he's had a thought process. He thought about it. He studied this artist. Um, and he like, yo, this is what I want to create with them. This is what I think they would sound dope on. Or I think this is a direction or something that they can do that they maybe haven't tried before. Um, so, yeah, no, he's very he's very intentional in, in the stuff that he creates. It's not. It's it's very random that he's just doing, doing random shit. You know what I'm saying? Your man is always welcome to come on intellectually petty radio. I'm just, just throw that out there. Um, no, I got you. I got you. We'll figure it T out. We'll figure that out and get him on here. T Grizzly, the new joints. Oh my god, bro. Yeah. Again, him and T. Him and T was in the studio. They were kicking it. Like you know, we'll have a conversation. Like. Those creations are intentional. You know what I'm saying? They're not. Yes. They're not these yes. random things. His storytelling yeah, game not is probably the best. He might be like with this new shit. He didn't took storytelling. I mean, to a T just found it. I mean, I just, I just was with T. Um, I was with T out in L.A. I was with. Well, he was in Detroit. He did a screening in Detroit, and then. But I end up, me and Bodie end up going to LA. Him and actually him, Bodie and Aunt Beats, they uh they just filmed the episode of the Rap Caviar podcast that'll be out in a couple weeks. So we were all together and we just were talking. But T T thought this out, right? He he mm. he's told stories when him and Hell of a started with the robbery joints, you know what I'm saying? With the first robbery. Yes. When they started with that. And T just found T just found this niche that nobody was really doing right you know what i'm saying like yes. i think he he was talking about this on million dollars worth of game where you know meek mill did like the tony story stuff and told a story in that form but anybody doing it to this full fledged of doing an entire album of I telling us of telling stories i don't i don't think it's been done you know what i'm saying it hasn't uh well I, yeah. I'll say R. Kelly was probably the closest to that. But that's, that's but that's right. not that's not rap though. You know what I'm saying? That's, yes. that's not rap. We, yeah, like yes. the store uh the trapped in the closet stuff, but that's yeah. still is not hip hop, right? This is like a hip hop album. I don't think it's maybe there's something a long time ago that I'm not maybe not thinking about. No. Um no. so anybody no, correct me if I'm wrong. Um but I, I I know in present day nobody's done a full fledged story album. Yo, and I'm just gonna, you know, respectfully, yo, all your Detroit artists, man. I don't care how big y'all get, y'all gotta go on some of these podcasts from niggas that grew up in your hood or around the block or on the other side of town. There's a lot of 
good dope podcast from niggas from Detroit, that's in Detroit, that's raised in Detroit, the whole nine. Show some love, respectfully. No, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I try to tap. I'm trying to tap in more. You know what I'm saying? I've been getting, I've been getting some interview requests. So like, I like, you know, I like the conversation. I like the dialect. So it's like anything about anything about music, man. Anything about uh, this culture. Um, I get great enjoyment out of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, tell. this is easy. Like you know, I had these convers, I had these conversations in private. So. I have no problem having these com these public form yeah. con- type of conversations. Yeah, when when I come up there, man, we're gonna sit down over some cheesecake and argue about some music, man. Who's your favorite MC no, out of I Detroit? My favorite MC out of Detroit, other than Bodie James. Other than Bodie, like new? No, I don't care when they was born. Just period. Just period. Um, I always been Streetlord Wine is one of my favorites. Dope. Um, me obviously, you know, like Royce. Um, I love Babyface Ray. Always been a fan of his. Um, PZ is dope. It's a lot of them. Baby Money, dope. Okay, um, last question, and I'm gonna let you go. Rock bottom or Cheddar Boys? Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> rock bottom. I mean, I'm from the east side, so I was like, yeah, I, the 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 Cheddar Boys is like our that's our swag, but Rock Bottom could spit, man. They they had spitters. Yeah, rock so bottom I don't know, had man. Spitters, like. Yo, but I was listening yeah, to old boy been. on the way to the studio. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's the it's the vibe, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm from I'm from that way, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like it was them was east side niggas that, talking that east side shit. Yeah, so it's like I don't know. I, I love both of them, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like I can't pick. I can't pick because <laughs> I listen I listen to both of them for two different things, you know what I'm saying? Yo. On that note, man, I'm going to let you go. Um, I truly, truly, truly appreciate your time and your energy, bro. You are absolutely welcome back on Intellectually Petty Radio. Any day, anytime, you just let me know. If you're in town, you can come by the studio. Let me know. Um, We'll set that up. Whatever you want to do, bro, I got you. If there's anything I can possibly do for you, please let me know. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, No doubt, man. Um, On that note, man. Have a good one, bro. And and tell your family, you uh, I said thank you for, for loaning you to us for a little bit over an hour. Hey, hey my, my youngest son right here behind the camera trying to give me to do something for him right now. <laughs> Yo, tell yeah, him it's done. It's, it's, a, it's a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Peace. Have a good one. All right. Yes, sir. No doubt. Yo, um, that was it. That was absolutely wonderful conversation. Uh, and if you don't know the legendary status of that brother, um, please do, do yourself and your soul a favor and research the man. On that note, um, this has been Intellectually Petty Radio. Oh, shit. I forgot my commercial. Hold on.
Stop trusting your cousin with your footage. If you need greatness, contact greatness at photosbyven at gmail.com. Or you can get a brother a call at 1-862-500-1532. My bad, my bad with that. Um, Shout out to Photos by Ben, my bad, bro, but I got to talk to man, and, you know, shit happens. On that note, man, y'all have a good one. Peace. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your night. Enjoy your life. I'm out.